Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shipwrecks and Shanties, a podcast all about Rare's new online multiplayer pirate game. Ah, I was going to say Shipwrecks and Shanties. It's not Shipwrecks and Shanties. It's Sea of Thieves. This is why on every other show I do, I actually have things written out and don't try to do things off the top of my head. So uh, this is a podcast all about Sea of Thieves. I am joined, as always, by my co-host who's laughing at me right now. Siv, you're back. Hello. I am back. I mean, (laughs) it's not like I was really gone because we did an episode... You know, and we released it on a delay, and now it's the <laughs> next week, and so I didn't really miss any time. But yeah, I've basically been in bed for about two weeks. Uh, having your tonsils out sucks, FYI, if you're yes. an adult. It's it terrible. gets worse and worse the older you get. So yeah. Siv's like super old, guys, so he needed a real long oh, time God. to recover. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I am I'm recovering. My voice is still not totally 100%, so I apologize. Uh, I do slur my words a little bit sound a little bit like i've had too much grog so um (laughs) my apologies it's totally fine you sound great and we are very very happy to have you back today to talk all about sailing 101 but before we get into today's topic i wanted to let everybody know that if you've updated your sea of thieves client it now says sea of thieves final beta so I would imagine that this weekend, possibly into next week, they are going to have an actual beta, which is very, very exciting. So no stress testing. I would think no stress testing because before it very specifically said stress test. So this is being called beta. So I'm imagining it's going to be um, similar to what we played a while ago, like when we first started the show. I would say that was what, early February? Yeah. So probably you'll see uh, things like gold hoarders, and uh, but probably not the other two factions. I would think, anyways. Uh, potentially. I didn't get to play uh, the, the stress test, but I had thought that they were going to include some of the other factions. I, I never got to, to follow up and see, obviously, because I was under the weather. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if maybe we get some stuff from, from those other factions, the, uh, the Merchant Alliance and the... Souls. Yeah, I guess they um, did add character customization into the uh, into the first stress test, right? So we did get yes. a, a we did get that. look at that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, just while it's on my mind with character customization, um, they did say that that they put out a whole video about uh, the infinite pirate generator, as they're calling it. So there is going. They didn't want to do sliders, which I think is a huge mistake because they're thinking was they don't want everybody to look the same or they don't want um, people to spend way too much time customizing characters. Um, They're hoping that with the infinite pirate generator, there will be a whole lot of really cool looking pirates out there. So they put a lot of work into that uh, generator of uh, what is six or eight pirates. I can't remember. And uh, so, six, yeah. yeah, hitting that uh, hitting that button over and over again until you get the character that you want is a thing that you're going to have to do. So I think it was a poor choice. I hope maybe they make some changes in the future, but at least on launch, that is how you're going to pick your pirate. So I think it's fine. I know you're disappointed. I know you wanted sliders. I know you wanted to, you know, spend the first, you know, three days of your Sea of Thieves experience in the character customization screen. Well, no, it's your not, pirate to perfection. It's but. not even that. It's that um, I feel like I would use the I think that there's a, a balance of the two there that could work where I'm, you know, pushing the button to try to find a cool character. And then once I find one, I can just tweak one or two little things to be the way I like it instead of going, oh, that one's really close, but just not quite there. So I have to push the button again and hope I get that with the features that I want, you know? 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I went into it. I know you haven't played with the uh, the wheel of customization. Um, I found it intuitive and easy to use, and um, it just made it so you don't have to make a lot of choices. Um, which honestly, I was just kind of like, I really just want to play the game. Um, customizing my dude. Well, yeah, but once really you... matter at this point. Exactly, uh, but once it becomes your only character in the game, aren't you going to want a little bit more control over what your final pirate looks like? I don't know that you can't go back and change it. Um, I don't think you're stuck with with that one particular pirate for life. I think you can go back and and change it. Um, I'm pretty sure I was able to in the in the stress test, but. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, um, I don't care that much, I guess. I find a pirate that I'm like, hey, that pirate looks cool, and I play it. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, that pirate looks cool, but I wish his tattoo was four inches higher on his arm. Right? I'm not going to do that. That's just not the way I play the game. Well, I know other people a, have a other little bit, things, but... Yeah, that's well, a little honestly, bit nitpicky. But I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, I want my pirate to look kind of like me. So, I mean, I'm sure there's not going to be any rainbow hair options but it's like if i get a pirate with brown eyes and i want that exact pirate but blue eyes like it just i don't know i would like that level of of customization even though i'm not the one looking at my character my character is representing me in the game world so i i would like it to look how i want it to look so uh, Uh, but that being said like you're gonna be yeah you're gonna be surprised at how much customization you're going to be able to do with outfits and hooks and yeah. things of that nature. I think it's going to be fine. Um, I wish even if they had like uh, filters almost that you could apply ahead of time. So can you even say like, I want a girl pirate because like if I want a girl pirate, no. then yeah, automatically it's like, okay, well if it only, if it rolls half girls, half guys, that means there's 50% of the pirates that I roll it's, that it's, I'm not going to It's not even, even that. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, I would assume that it's randomized at 50, 50, but I don't know. There was times where it would come up and it would be all dudes. There was times where it would become, it would be like four girl pirates and, and two guys. Yeah. So, but my point random. is like, that means that uh, a portion of the role each time isn't even going to be characters that I could consider. So again, it's just like, right. It's things that I would think would be like time saving measures because they said like, they didn't want sliders. They didn't want people sitting there for hours. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to sit there for hours pushing this stupid button. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, possible. they have, they did put out a video. They did confirm that that's how character customization is going to work. Um, when we actually did our customization episode, we ha- didn't have confirmation on that. So just wanted to let you guys know that they have confirmed that that's the way it is going to work. Um, so yeah, you will uh, get your custom pirate. It just, um, it will be randomly generated. So Um, moving on, Sailing 101 is our topic this week. So we are going to tell you all about ship controls, how to navigate the world, um, what to do in storms and what tools are available to you. So, um, this is a a really interesting topic for me because I feel like, um, they did a fairly good job and I'm not an actual sailor, but I feel like I'm really sailing when I'm trying to control the ship. Like there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. And it's not just like driving a car where you're getting into it and you're pushing left or right and, you know, go. Um, So I I really enjoyed learning the basic ship controls that we did when we had the two-man ship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Unlike you, 
I grew up on the water. <laughs> I have been in and out of boats since I was a little tiny kid. And uh, I actually uh, at one point owned a sailboat. That's maybe a little bit of a stretch. It was a very, very, very small busted up sailboat that I got <laughs> for free. Um, but nonetheless, I know how to sail. Um, and it actually does feel a lot like sailing a boat. I've sailed larger vessels. I've sailed like uh, 50 foot yachts before and definitely um, the larger ship, the galleon uh, is very, it feels very much like, uh, like being on a 50 foot yacht, um, you know, and the smaller ones, you know, similar as well to like a smaller uh, pleasure vessel or something like that. But um, yeah, the way that the sails work, the way that the controls respond, the way that, you know, there's a little bit of a delay on everything you do. It's not like driving a car where you just turn and you just turned. Right. Uh, you know, um, when you're, when you're sailing the ship, you start turning and it takes time for the, for the boat to kind of, you know, start following uh, the rudder. So there's a little bit of a delay. You have to kind of get used to that lag time a little bit and, and think ahead about your maneuvers on the ship. So, um, but yeah, we're definitely going to fill you guys in on kind of how to control the ships because when you jump in the game, that's like the first thing you do. You mm -hmm. stock up your ship and away you go, man. You hop yeah. in that ship and you sail off. Um, so basically... The basic controls are very, very simple. Um, there's a wheel. Think of it like the wheel of a car. That wheel turns the rudder, which then in turn steers the ship whatever direction you want to go. Um, one thing that is important to note, because I did this and I just assumed everybody knew this, um, but when you are looking down the center line of the ship, standing at the wheel, the right side is called the starboard side. The left side is called the port side. And in our first, uh, our first cruise, I told Jocelyn, Hey, you know, uh, bring her around port. And she says, what the F does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, oh crap. I can't even remember the name I gave you, but it was brilliant. Um, oh, hipster douche. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I kid, I kid because it is, it is quite important, especially if you're going to be playing with people, um, just uh, that you find randomly online is because you are on a ship. A lot of them are going to use this terminology. Um, so well, it, and there's it a reason is why it's important. To know. Yeah, it is important because when you're running up and down the ship, you know, saying just left and right doesn't mm. make any sense. I mean, you can call out cardinal directions north, south, east, west. Those are helpful as well, but just seeing like that's generally what I what I kind of default to because right. obviously yeah. I have a mapping background. So to me, right. north, south, east, west is universal, right? Like <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But when you're the person driving the ship, it's very easy to tell which direction you're going: north, south, right. east, west. When you're just running around the ship, you don't know. You yeah, know? <laughs> you can't tell. So if, if someone's like. Oh, we're getting hit on the right. You know, well, okay, who's right? <laughs> There's mm -hmm. four people on this ship and everyone's facing different directions. So, um, yeah, those those terms tend to be widely used. Um, they're very common nautical terms, obviously. And I, I've noticed a lot of people playing the game using them uh, because it's just clear when you're on the ship, you yeah. know, kind of which which side or whatever. Um, anyway, that's your, your basic uh, steering the wheel. It works how you would think. Um, the second basic control is the sails. Um, and this is basically comparing it to a car again. 
this is the gas uh, pedal, right? So the more sail you have, the, the, you know, with your sails all the way down, that's more speed, right? So the sails are going to catch the wind, um, and they're going to propel the ship forward, right? Um, there's two sail controls, and this is important because it took us a second to realize. Um, there's one that controls how much sail you're giving the ship. So you can be at full sail, half sail. Obviously, no sail is going to not move you at all. <laughs> um, the other one controls the angle of the sails. And this is the more nuanced one because you have to look at the wind. So when you're looking at the sails, you can kind of see like these like streams of wind. They're, they're kind of, uh, you know, white in uh, kind of a, a transparent, um, not texture, but color, I guess. And you can see them like blowing through the sail, right? And you can turn the sails to a certain degree and try to like catch the wind, almost like flying a kite. Um, and yeah, they the, almost the, go 180 degrees, I think. Um, pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it's, it, it, they go a little more, I think. Um, so, it's difficult when you're in the wind to, you know, when you're going straight at the wind to, to get any momentum. Um, but you can get some. Um, but, yeah, so you, your goal, basically, with the sails is to, you know, use the, the height of the sail to control your speed. And that's one little control that's mounted on the rail. Um and then you use the angle of the sail to control, uh, I mean, really the speed as well mm -hmm. in, you know, how much wind you're, you're catching. Um, and it's and, very you know, visually obvious. Um, like yeah. the sails really poof out when they're, when they're fully getting the wind and they're quite Absolutely. Flat they balloon out not. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They balloon out a little bit and they make like a, like a noise, like they're getting pulled. Right. Yeah. And you hear like, you know, the, the like the, and the flapping sound jumbling. almost. <laughs> right. Right, and uh, I don't remember when you're when you're not in if there was a like a luffing sound where it's like slapping against the mast or whatever. I can't remember if that's in there or not. But your sails definitely do that when they're not pointed in the wind. Um, they kind of look a little bit slack and, and mm -hmm. kind of just hang in there. Yeah, again, it's it's quite visually obvious whether you're catching the wind or not. And uh, those two sail controls usually you're gonna have um, well one person doing kind of sails when you're um, sailing on the two-man ship and probably you're gonna have two people doing sails when you're sailing on the four-man ship because on the four-man ship there are actually like two big sets of sails so three. Oh, there are three yeah so there's two on the on the main deck and one on the poop deck which is where the wheel is I know it's called the, the boob deck, ha, 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 but that's what it's actually called. Um, right, right. So the so the person doing the steering of the ship is responsible for one set of sails, and then there's two other people that are just responsible for the other sails down. Typically, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's helpful. We've discovered to um, on the larger ship on the galleon, there's uh, sail controls on either side of the ship, right? So on the smaller ship. There's like one sail control, I think, on on one side or whatever, right? Maybe there's maybe there no, are both there, sides. it's on remember. both sides. It's on both sides. Okay, but anyway, one thing that you can do is because there's controls on both sides all the way down. Is if you have two people, you can move that sail a lot faster if you're both using the controls. Yes, right? you can lower a lot faster or turn it a lot faster, and that's helpful in particular when in situations where you need to, you know, kind of react quickly to something that's happening. Um, like combat so. specifically <laughs> combat or you know like we'll talk about in a little bit storms storms yep uh maybe kraken um oh crap there's an island coming up that we forgot about <laughs> things like that 
so yeah, um, talking about this quick reaction stuff. Um, the anchor is the is the final, um, let's say, active ship control. And you kind of want to think of the anchor like an emergency brake in your car, right? Like it is there to keep you from going anywhere. You can also you can also use it to kind of uh, do a little a little drifting, a uh, little, little skid if you if you are so inclined. Um, so one of the things that I've seen other people doing, I have not quite mastered the timing yet. <laughs> uh, but you can drop the anchor, which is just it's not something you have to channel. It's just something you run up to the anchor and and you you click it and it it drops right and it starts going down. But until it's all the way out, which takes a few seconds, it doesn't actually do anything, right? Right. So you're waiting for that anchor to hit the bottom and, and start slowing you down. When it does, it will jerk the ship around to a stop. It's, it can be uh, used in a number of different situations, whether you are trying to, you know, slide it in and, and make it swing around, you know, when you're docking on an island, or you, see you can run and jump off the back of the ship and just be right on the island. Or if you are being chased by another ship or, you know, things of that nature. Um, the anchor is, is a great way to kind of quickly alter, uh, you know, the ship's direction. Um, just like an emergency brake would in a, in a car. Makes sense. I know we had a, we had a lot of, uh, it, like, it seems really simple and basic and straightforward, like put down the anchor stops the ship, but there's a, there's a lot of things to do when one person's like putting down an anchor and then another person's potentially steering. And then especially when it comes to the sails, like you don't want your sails to be full open in the wind when you're putting down your anchor. So there's, you know, to, to kind of navigate and move your ship, there's a lot to it. And they you kind of you have to have a lot of good communication, which we're going to talk about in another episode. Uh, I think actually next episode we're going to talk about communication. Um, but yeah, you have to have a lot of communication with other people people on your ship to actually get it to move properly <laughs> oh absolutely yeah and it's difficult i mean if if you could put eight people on the galleon or four people on the on the uh, the sloop the smaller ship it would be perfect everyone would have a job you say okay you do this you guys grab the anchor you know you guys you two man the sails you know somebody up in the crow's nest to look out you know all that stuff um but yeah they definitely have made it to where you you don't you can't just give everybody one job right yeah you can't and, just stand there and say like okay i'm just gonna watch the sails and watch the wind and that's my job and that's it <laughs> right and even the person steering can't just have one job right like yeah. when you're on the galleon that person needs to be responsible for the for the poop deck sails and making sure those are are rocking um because the galleon is fast but it it's only, I think, just a little bit faster than the smaller ship. Mm -hmm. uh, so if your sails are not all in alignment, you can very easily get caught up by by smaller ships that may try to, you know, harass you or, or yeah. steal your treasure or whatever and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's there, there's a lot of teamwork and coordination required with with all that. So those are the the basic ship controls. That's the stuff that you actually like uh, actively use to move your ship around. But then there's also other navigational devices that are available to you as a player. So there is the compass that you see when you're actually steering the ship. Um, and that that is helpful. But you also, from where you're steering the ship, can't see the map. It's below deck. 
So you need, this is where, again, communication comes in. You basically need somebody to be checking the map and giving you directions in order for you to properly use the compass and steer the ship in the right direction. Right. Now, one thing on the smaller ship is that you can, uh, from the captain's position steering the ship, you can let go of the wheel, turn around and run back a little bit, and you can look down through the railing and see the map. Right? Yes. Um, and if you are, in particular, if you've zoomed in, uh, you know, decently far, you can very easily see, okay, there's my ship and there's the island I'm, you know, I know I'm heading to or whatever, you know. Um, so that is helpful so that you don't have to run all the way below decks. Additionally, on the galleon, you can see the map through the, um, the kind of like through grate the floor. in the yeah. floor. Yeah. So again, it's but it's again, you can't have your in. you can't have your hands no. on the wheel when you're no. when you're looking at the map. Yeah. Right. So again, it requires teamwork, people calling stuff out. Um, in addition, especially on the galleon, um, it's very helpful to have somebody up in the crow's nest or on the bow of the ship, um, because whoever is steering the ship. When you are at full sail, you can't see where you're going. <laughs> it's really, it's really kind of funny. Um, and in fact, one of the things that we liked to do is keep our our second uh, set of sails, our mainsails, um, usually up around half sail, right? Because those are big and they're right in front of you. Mm. And if they, you know, we keep them at half or, or two thirds, somewhere in there. So that the person driving the ship can actually kind of at least see a little bit where they're going and not ram us into an island or a rock or shipwreck or something like that. Well, and that's the thing. Um, like some of these things like shipwrecks and like rocks in particular, some of them, some of them are really big and easy to see, but some of them are just below the surface and without somebody on the bow or up in the crow's nest, like you would never see them. So I know right. like we ran up on, on some rocks more than once when we were oh, yeah. uh, heading into islands. So yeah. Um, yeah, there it's it's really tough to see sometimes if you don't have somebody up there paying attention. Well, with the crow's nest and the bow, there's there's definitely uh, advantages and disadvantages to both, right? The bow is very easy to just quickly run out and and stand on and see, and you can see a little ways. Um, you know, in particular, if the sea is calm um, and the waves aren't that big, you can tend to be able to get by with that, right? But there's definitely an issue of being lower to the water when you're standing on the bow. Mm -hmm. um, being up in the crow's nest provides you a significant visibility advantage in that it's a lot easier to see other ships, see shipwrecks, see rocks, um, see where you're going, and then you can call that out to, you know, whoever your your uh, pilot is. And Captain, captain. Ca okay, captain. <laughs> All right. That's a, yeah. Um, so being in the crow's nest, obvious advantage. Um, but it, it takes does a lot longer. Take a long to get time to climb up there, right? So there is a cost. It's easy to get down, especially that. if you're like Siv and you just jump off the ship. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the crow's nest is like the king for visibility, right? But it does take a long time to climb. So there's a there's a cost associated with that benefit. Um, it's great if you're just sailing in peacetime. You know, oh, yeah, hey, let me run up the crow's nest and keep an eye out. And, you know, you're cruising along and whatever. But when it's like, oh, we're under attack, you don't necessarily want to be time. climbing the crow's yeah. nest. Yeah. You don't have 10 seconds to waste to climb all the way up that ladder. So, um, Well, not to mention then it's kind of a detriment to your crew, right? If you're under attack because there's going to be somebody that's going to have to be down in the bottom uh, bailing out the ship and repairing any holes and... 
if you've got somebody up in the crow's nest not really doing anything, not to mention you have to fire on the enemy team and, you know, help right. to navigate. So you, like, there's a lot to do when you're in combat. And, uh, yes, yeah, so the crow's nest is, is really not the best place uh, for someone no. to be. But if you are got two people that are shooting cannons, you know, and one of them needs to be like, oh, you know, and the person needs to, the person driving, the captain, let's say, needs to say, hey, where, you know, I need to be able to know where we're going or whatever. You know, that person can quickly leave their cannon, run up the bow. It takes yes, two run seconds, to the bow, yeah. Quick and look around and then run back to their cannon, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, um, definitely advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, the bow's not helpful when it's like rough water, right? Because you can't see anything, right? Yeah. Especially the front end of that ship dipping up and down. Um, like a real ship would, the front end of the ship, you're, you're way out on this long mast, right? It goes up and down a lot. Like it's super fun. <laughs> it is super fun. But uh, it, it's really hard to shoot anything off of there, whereas yes. when you're up in the Krosis, you can shoot things with the sniper rifle and actually hit them decently because uh, it's not moving as much. But out on the front of that ship, man, it goes up and down a lot. And in particular, in rough waters, it's definitely uh, definitely not the any advantage to being out there yeah um, but anyway um yeah i mean like we talked about there's challenges to uh driving the ship right sailing the ship in rocks in islands that you maybe can or can't see because your sails are in the way uh shipwrecks in particular are challenging because they're like we talked about partially submerged um you've got other ships sailing around that you know they're really small on the horizon and a good spotter can spot them out for you. The captain may not be able to see them from his position. Um, obviously, the Kraken we talked about a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, big concern there. Yeah, um, being, able but... to, being able to be high enough to see the inky spot in the water that you might potentially want to avoid <laughs> is, yep. uh, yeah, that, that's going to yeah. be a huge benefit because we haven't actually seen the Kraken yet um, on live or uh, in beta or anything like that. So... Um, it's going to be very interesting to see once it's actually in the game how much more often you're going to have to actually make use of the crow's nest because um, otherwise you're never going to be able to tell if it's like... Because I was watching uh, some, some streams and some videos and stuff and the way the water works, especially like at night or if you're going into what we're going to talk about in a second, storms, uh, the water gets really churny and really dark very quickly to the point yep. that I was like watching these streams and stuff, and I'm like, oh, maybe that's the Kraken. Oh, maybe that's the Kraken. Oh, maybe that's the Kraken. So I don't know how obvious it's going to be. I know you're going to be able to see it, but I feel like uh, just the natural water color when you're at ship level is going to be very hard to tell when you're coming up on a Kraken. So I feel like you're going to need that elevation so that you can better see the differences in the water color. Uh, which I right. think is is going to be another thing that's going to force people into the crow's nest and kind of will make um, make gameplay a little bit more interesting. Like you can't just always be on the bow. Like you have to make use of all the different parts of the ship. So I think right. it's going to the Kraken makes everything a little bit more interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the last thing we're going to talk about when it comes to sailing 101 is storms. Because uh, storms, we didn't uh, uh, kind of realize <laughs> what we were getting into but uh, the storms are very big. You can see them coming a mile away. And there's a reason they do so much damage to the ship. Oh, man, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've experienced this. We were in a storm. Um, you were with us, right? 
yep. we, when we stress tested um, that first stress test. Um, yeah, so we had a couple of folks from our, our uh, raid team that uh, are playing the game as well and pre-purchased and are, are doing beta with us. And so we grabbed a galleon and we were sailing around and we kind of got in a fight with some guys and we were shooting at them and stuff and kind of trading blows back and forth, but nobody was really getting anything real decisive. And we weren't really paying attention to where we were going. <laughs> and all of a sudden we ended up in a storm and it was wild. It was, uh, it was fun, um, but it was wild. And I think we were still fighting those guys at least for the first like minute or two mm -hmm. in the storm. And then we were like, whoa, we we uh we kind of have to shift gears here. We yeah. uh, we can't man the cannons. We have to uh, handle this storm. So um, yeah, their storms are great. Storms are going to be a really fun part of the gameplay. Um, there is a YouTube video that we'll we'll put in our our Discord um, that talks kind of about their design philosophy behind storms. Um, but they wanted storms to be a big part of the game. So they are a a physical, almost object, not not so much object, but uh, they're a phenomenon, right, uh, in the world that you can see. And so you can be a little ways away from the storm, and you can kind of kind of look at it and be like, how big is that storm? Do I want to go through it? It's in my way. You know, do I, do I want to go through? Do I want to go around? Going around is going to take longer, you know. Um, but storms are definitely designed to be a battle for right. your crew. Well, yeah, because so, it's it's very obvious once you enter it that you are in a storm. There are oh, yeah. huge waves, and your compass starts just spinning like crazy. I remember the first time that happened, I was driving the ship, and I was like, why is my compass not working? What is going on? And right. uh, and that's just another uh, thing that's supposed to kind of disorient you when you're trying to uh, pilot your way through the storm. So, Absolutely. Um, well, what also... happens in a storm is... Uh... It gets dark. It gets really dark. Um, and I know a lot of times for stealth, we, you know, douse all our lanterns at mm -hmm. night. You want those lanterns on in a storm. <laughs> Trust me, because you can't see which way is up. Um, but it's dark. It's really violent. The ship gets tossed around a lot. Um, you yeah, know, you, need someone starts... on the, you need someone yeah. on the wheel at all times in the storm. Because oh, normally yeah. when, you're, when you're sailing on calmer waters... You can kind of like whoever's steering can can let go of the wheel, can go check the map and do sail things and all that kind of right. stuff. Right, the ship but will you keep going. Yeah, in the, the ship will keep going it. straight. Yeah, um, depending on where you kind of leave the wheel. But uh, in a storm, you can't do that. If anyone lets go of the oh, wheel, no. then your your ship is just going to spin out of control. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and it's a struggle to kind of like hold that wheel. It fights against you. You have yes, to keep. Yeah you know, turning it back and forth. And again, your compass is spinning around. It's totally useless. Um, you know, the waves are just huge. So your visibility is, is really terrible because it's, it's dark. It's, it's super dark. And you got huge waves, so you can't really see where you're going. Yeah, from and the then, deck of the ship, you can't see at all what's no, happening in nothing. a storm. Like, you have to nothing. have somebody up in the crow's nest. And even then, that's not any kind of guarantee of visibility. No. <laughs> and yeah. if anything... You then you're losing a person that could be bailing and, and helping with the, with the sales and everything else. So, you yeah. know, again, that well, comes addition, to the risk reward, um, kind right. of model of, right. uh, of your tools. So storms also will do damage to the ship. Um, almost like getting hit with a cannonball where you're going to have to go down and board it up and stuff. And then in addition to that, just being in a storm, 
um, you, you'll start to see the deck getting wet, water pooling on it, things like that. And that water actually seeps through. They said in the video they did actual like, um, like a, a, a liquid um, simulation engine, right? Where it, it's simulating the boards getting wet and then water just like dripping down, mm. you know, below decks. It's pretty cool. Um, very detail oriented uh, in their in their design. But water starts to fill up below decks, um, which is a problem because obviously that means you are sinking. Yeah. So you have to kind of go down there, make sure that nothing slammed into your ship and, you know, patch holes. And in a, in a severe storm, you kind of have to have somebody on it full time. Oh, 100%. Uh, patching holes and, and bailing. Um, I mean, we almost video, got caught a couple of like... times. <laughs> Oh, we we it's like we lost went down. Yeah, we went down below decks, and I because I was like, oh man, it's this. this it seems like it's really wet. What's going on? Oh my god! <laughs> I had to swim I mean, there to was, patch holes. <laughs> there was water up to. Uh, I mean, our map is on the middle deck. Yeah, there was water like almost to the top of our map. Like yeah. we had to three of us bailing really hard for a couple of minutes to try to try to keep the water out, and then we realized, you know, we had some holes and stuff we had to patch as well, but. Um, yeah, they made it seem like, oh yeah, after the storm, you might have to clean up below decks a little bit. Like, no, you have to like maintain, uh, on the galleon at least, you have to maintain, uh, keeping water out of your hold. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, and that's sure, another but... thing that you need to watch for, even if you're not in like one of the big giant storms, uh, anytime that it's raining, uh, which it does do outside of just normal storms, uh, anytime it's even just raining, then you still do get the water below decks. You don't get the, the hull damage, but you get the water below decks. So you do kind of have to be aware of what's going on in your environment while you're trying to sail. Um, and yeah, there's, again, there's just so much management with like who's in charge of what. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about next week is, uh, is going to be all about how you communicate, what you need to communicate and everything else with your crew. So, uh, yeah, teamwork and communication is going to be episode five, which is going to record next week. Um, I think that pretty much does it for our Sailing 101. Sib, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we move on no, to our listener it. feedback? Yeah, All let's right, do it. then. If you would like to talk to Sib and I about Sea of Thieves, please make sure that you're going over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to join that conversation. We got a question from Exponentious this week who says, Does anyone know of a great place to find a regular crew? Seems like something that should exist. LFC? Uh, and uh, we actually got some uh, good information from Captain Logan also in our Discord. He says there's a few communities that have Discord set up for finding crews and fleets. And uh, Captain Logan is part of the Iron Fleet. So if you guys want a link to that, you can head over again to our Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Um, also wanted to mention that there is actually a whole category on the SeaOfThieves.com forums for finding a crew. Right now, it doesn't appear to be in the game there is no like group finder or anything like that, but um, you can find people. There's all kinds of recruitment posts over at uh, seaofthieves.com. So make sure you guys are checking out those forums. Um, the other thing is too, I mean, obviously uh, Siv and I are always uh, in the discord talking about Sea of Thieves. And uh, so I'm sure that if you guys are part of the gamers and community and you've joined the discord that you'll be able to find crews whenever you want to play just by posting over there. Absolutely. It is going to be a little bit difficult, I think, at first, because the game doesn't have any embedded social structure. There's no guilds. There's no, you know, alliances or anything like that that you can, you know, be a part of in the game. 
So that is going to make finding a crew a little more difficult. But I, I think, as always, um, you know, we've seen it in numerous other games. Community-driven uh, communities are going to pop up. I know that's kind of a you know a weird way to say that, but um, <laughs> the community does um, kind of take things into its own hands when it comes to gaming uh, when there's a need. So I am not surprised at all that there are communities popping up that have Discord set up that, uh, that you know, kind of want to do stuff together, and, and that's awesome. Um, I hope that Rare does put some sort of social structure in the game beyond what's there now of just talking to people. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. And in the meantime, hit us up in the Discord or check out some of these communities that are already uh, rocking and rolling. Well, I know that uh, like there is no official um, guild presence, but I mean, any online community that you're a part of, uh, there's a potential that there will be interested, interest in Sea of Thieves. So, uh, for instance, AIE, which is our Warcraft guild, and uh, Convert to Raid, CTR, uh, who is uh, another Warcraft guild, but over on the Alliance side, I'm sure that, they're, that they are so big, I'm sure there's going to be people, again, in those communities that are interested in finding people to play with. So... Um, try to kind of take advantage of the groups you're already a part of and, uh, yeah, hit us up in the, uh, TGI discord. We look forward to playing some pirates with you guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for your feedback and all your comments and everything else. Uh, we have really enjoyed doing the show, so, uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening. So until next week, I forgot my phrase. <laughs> Drink up me hearties. Yo-ho. Sim saves the day. <laughs>